1: Are you fascinated by UFOs, the occults, strange history, and more? On October 14th through the 16th at SIR Nashville, the Strange Realities Conference 2022 will take place. Three days of exploring the mysteries of the supernatural, history, UFOs, the occult, and much, much more. Featuring presentations by Steve Berg, Micah Hanks, John Tinney, Adam Gowrightly, Tim Banal, Christopher Ernst, Samantha Engel, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Melody Blackthorne, Dr. Future, Soraya Askath, Timothy Ritter, Aaron Goulias, Delaney Bowers, Olaf Phillips, and David Metcalf. With workshops by Kiki Dombrowski, Ren Collier, and Michael Hughes. Come join us in Nashville or online. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Find out what everyone is talking about. All right, everybody, welcome to the Conspiranormal 2nd Strange Realities 2022 preview show. And it's very fortuitous the night that we're doing this because it is September 14th and we are live and it is one month to the day that everybody will be getting together in Nashville, Tennessee from October 14th through the 16th and we have four speakers today that are all going to be speaking on saturday and i'll go ahead and introduce everybody and y'all can say hello kiki dombrowski hi so
2: happy to be here
1: (laughs) yeah good to have you and uh steve berg hello everyone thanks for having me absolutely steve i i i I haven't got enough of you this week i needed to bring you back yeah man west virginia trip yeah, three days was not enough No, so.
3: I agree, I agree
1: <laughs> And uh, Michael Hughes is here Howdy Hi, Hello, and uh, definitely, uh, last but definitely not least, uh, Mr. John Tenney. John, Hey, welcome. weirdos, what's going on? Yeah, welcome Welcome back to the show um, Two of you, I think three you, uh, were part of the 400th episode Kiki, were you part of that? It's been so long now, I can't remember
2: I, I feel like I was I, I must have had I think to you were there.
4: Yeah, I remember the whole were. gang was there pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: you were.
2: Didn't didn't we do numerology or tarot of some kind for it? I think, we a, we that
1: that. I think we might have done that for the uh for the twenty twenty one conference.
2: We hang out is, all is the time. I can't remember.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> and there's there's a there's a couple of episodes on the Patreon where, where well, at least one where uh, Kiki gives us a, a quiz of to see what galaxy we were from or something like Ooh. that. <laughs> How fun was
5: that? <laughs> what,
2: I was thinking it? about that today. I was thinking about that. I'm from Sirius, which feels real, real good. It, it, it fits right here with my starseed soul. So. Very happy about I, that
1: one. I think I was from the Andromeda Galaxy, so I think I was like from a completely other galaxy altogether.
4: <laughs> I think yes. I was Pleiadian, but I'm not a Nazi. <laughs>
5: <laughs> there we go. It always started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: okay. So since you since you brought it up, we'll we'll get to what everybody's gonna be talking about in a second. Uh what Surfio is Referencing well, J- John, maybe you could tell the story because I kept seeing this come up on my Twitter feed over the last few days, and I was just kind of like, What is going on? Yeah, like, it's just, what kind of shenanigans are happening now.
6: It's just one of those things that comes around. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the UFO community has always had some difficulty because they're well, it it's tr- stretches into all of the supernatural communities, right? Is there's a lot of background whether it be fictional or just the people who created certain systems of magic or even ideas that tend to be fairly white supremacist uh very nazi based and we are now seeing like kind of the re-rise of that because there's you know uh, a person who was promoting some nazi ideas who went to a UFO conference and was getting her picture taken with all of the current big names in the ufo community and so now of course you know oh i'm not a nazi but when a person has a past history i mean we live in an era right like youtube exists and your podcasts exist and so you can go back and find people talking about this person specifically saying like she's a reincarnate of one of the good nazis not one of the bad ones (laughs) so you know that's i don't i don't understand how that's even a Getting yourself out of trouble and make that seems like it's just like saying. I mean, she just said she's a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. you to say be. like I'm, I'm a good Nazi, not a bad Nazi. You have still just called yourself a Nazi. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, there was some other things about the real Society too that was in there, which I think was was interesting.
6: Yeah, it's just it's, it's one of those things, too. Like, it is important, obviously, that for anybody, what, no matter what kind of weird community they're in, to un- have an understanding of the history and where ideas might have come from. But, like, the fact that, and I understand we're, everyone's on their own path, right? And so people are getting into this and maybe not knowing that certain authors are white supremacists or certain authors have troubled histories. Like, but the whole thing is, like, we're supposed to talk to each other so that we can, like, say this is the horrible fucking person that wrote this thing that you're quoting over and over again. You know, I've been doing this for 30 years. I, you have sometimes just leave your heroes behind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's very true. I I actually pulled up one of the tweets here and uh, she, 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 a picture of, there's like a picture of uh, this girl that's often attributed I forget the name now see this is how much i just like this stuff goes in one ear and out the other for me because it's just so damn crazy but something like she was involved with like the real society or something like that something that actually was like pulled from a work of of 19th century fiction the real society by the way yeah the and, secret uh, life force that powers the saucers yeah, yeah. so 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 well, she responded well, 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 something. Well, she well, was well. something here love for you too i am not the incarnation of maria but I was a real medium and I worked with her to found real society and channel ETs I also had an incarnation as an SS general I miss them a lot what a nightmare the good old days I think those
4: uh, time uh, frames might overlap a little, <laughs> little bit but whatever
6: <laughs> oh lordy but well, but honestly like it is it is what I said right like obviously yeah. we as we collect and compile and gather information like we learn that you know people are flawed and some people were terrible and again when i was 16 years old and reading ufo books or magic books i wasn't doing deep dives into people's backgrounds but even at 16 years old like i wasn't knowingly like this person knows that this stuff is attributed to (laughs) (laughs) nazism right And saying, like, oh, it's not that bad. It's just good Nazism. Like, I wasn't even doing that at 15 or 16 years old. I was like, oh, this is a fucking Nazi. Can I swear? I was like, oh, this is a Nazi thing? And then, like, I threw it away. Yeah. And was like, like, I can go somewhere else. Oh, man.
3: That's that's so true. I remember being, like, in a – there was a punk record store in the downtown area where I lived. And I remember one day, like, taking the bus down there with my skateboard, like, when I was 13 or 14. And – loving the song that was playing with some like crazy hardcore song and i remember going up to the guy and he was like yeah it's like screwdriver or oh, yeah. something like that And i, That's I, thought, I thought it sounded good to me at the time and i remember like talking to another like pu- older punk him my neighbor he's like dude that is a nazi white supremacist band." And i was like oh okay i didn't buy the record but i was like oh exactly. all right but like you know the punk the punk community would teach you about things like that the older, they were very nice <laughs> you know but like I mean, I, <laughs>
6: Not to get too off the subject of your host, but to your point, Steve, like my first job was working at a, a bondage leather store, which was uh, also a punk rock record store. And I was like 15 at the time. Yes. And the owner, we were unpacking new merch like one day and we, I was like, I opened a box and there was like a Nazi flag and Nazi armbands. And I was like, <gasps> what is this? And he was like, oh, you know, Sid Vicious, punk rock, anti-counterculture. And I was like, no. And I like at 15, I was like, I quit. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're gonna profit off of the yeah, like I yeah. even at 15, I knew it was wrong.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
7: Taking it back to UFOs, I mean, I th- my first inkling, um, of how awful some of this Nazi stuff had kind of been part of ufology was Jeff Rentz when Jeff yeah. Rentz had totally. the, you know. A website that was everything UFOs and then every once in a while you'd see something really you know like a some little vaguely Nazi thing and then he was he was a big promoter of Ernst Zundel um, the guy who was all about like Nazi UFOs and you know and just basically you know paraded Zundel out and Zundel's Holocaust denial and stuff like that and, and so I realized like you know sites could be real honeypots and they used people's interest in ufos to just sort of kind of lure them into some especially
4: back then with some flashy hyperlinks (laughs) (laughs) right like tag" UFO rainbow and you just click on it then you're in some kind of (laughs) crazy
7: he did did have good hair though i'll give him that
4: oh (laughs) yeah yeah
6: (laughs) really nice hair But i've just never understood like how i I mean it still floors me to this day like when you're talking whether or not you're talking about like the witchcraft community, the magic community, the UFO community, the Bigfoot community, like all of these subjects in my brain, and perhaps this is just the naivete of me, right? Like all of these subjects are meant to create like a family of all of us. And so, you know, like the end game, right? With UFOs, let's just take UFOs. Like the end game is another extraterrestrial race come here and then we unite as a planet, And go and travel the universe together. So if you have, like, people who are saying, like, oh, when the aliens come, then we can really decide up and, and, like, put our teams into work and divide the countries and divide. That's not what, like, that's not what I don't understand. Yeah. Everybody wants to ride on the spaceships. Like, we're going to have to get along.
2: (laughs) That should be a (laughs) T-shirt. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well. Just just as a little bit of background, you were saying, John, that um she was at some was this thing in Mexico City, this or in Mexico, this this conference so, yeah. that she was at. And, and of course he was taking some pictures with some like pretty big wig big people, which you know, they they don't I'm sure they don't know just how crazy this this girl is, but just like um it, this goes back, I think, uh Mike that something we talked about way back in the beginning of last year about conspirituality i mean this is very much what it reminds me of this kind of amalgamation between this kind of the real kind of new age spiritualism and the conspiracy stuff and this is where we get things like the QAnon shaman and these guys i mean this is a real it's because like out here in the south it's really the um it's really based kind of more like the evangelicals and some of the craziness that's going on with them. Uh, But out in the West coast, it is much more in these like, you know, um, conspiracy new age driven cultures. And this kind of stuff that she's talking about really reminds me of that.
7: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always been there, you know, I mean, all the way back to like blood libel and, you know, it's, it's just reinvented itself as as adrina crumb drinking hillary clinton and stuff like that um but you know but yeah i mean it's it's so pervaded the new age community now that um that it's shocking you know to see to see yoginis you know pimping the most you know wretched conspiracy theories anti-vaccination and stuff like that it's 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 amazing to me that it infected
3: the um, the new age community as
7: as quickly as it did. It's just
3: pervasive. Now. So you you think there's the there's like a exponential acceleration on kind of this the new age community being infiltrated by you know conspiracies and stuff.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. yeah, because like you said, it probably goes back way far. But yeah, it's I just took notice of it like kind of like five years ago. Know. Yeah, it really got articulated. For, yeah. Even in, in the, LA, uh, which is a very blue state, I was mm-hmm. always noticing, like, these, like, the whole vaccine thing started, like, in Malibu, you know, like, in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's giving kids autism and stuff
5: like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm.
3: And that was pretty more widespread than people really realized, in LA, mm-hmm. at
5: least.
4: It really got articulated in a an in academic paper called Conspirituality. I forgot the author, Um, but they they really kind of, you know, connected the dots and gave it that moniker. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
6: Well, there's that underlying, there's always been, I mean, right? Because there's that underlying, like, we can be in touch with the universe. So there's this idea of, like, personal freedom, right? And that you can fall either way on political spectrums when you start to delve into personal freedom. Like, you can be... You know, everybody should be allowed to be the person that they are and recognize who they are. But then you can also be, no one can tell me what to do. I know what's best for everything. And you go so far left, you end up right. Or you go so far right, you end up left.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: You want to impose that divine order on the world.
6: Yeah.
7: And there's a distrust of authority. You know, I mean, we, in 14th circles... That we 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 grew up distrusting authority because we knew we were being lied to, yeah. and we were being lied to about UFOs. Yeah. We we're being lied to about you know alternative energy uh, things like that. So we we have an inherent distrust in our community for a lot of, and, and in the new age community, it's very tied to alternative health modalities and things like that. So there's a there's an inherent distrust in our communities for authority and mm-hmm. that's been just exploited um you know, just it, it's it's an easy it's an easy in it's an easy in and and i, I, I you know I've said before like we we also have to acknowledge that among our ranks there's a lot of um, there's not a lot of rigor in thinking in, in a lot of people like we want to believe stuff and uh, and sometimes we we like let the filters down a little bit because we want to believe or we may be a little more gullible um, to, to certain elements uh, because we we want to believe and um, you know that's been exploited too. we, we are an easy community to uh, to exploit with disinformation and misinformation.
6: and and but, especially like right now like obviously you and on top of all of that that you just said Michael, like you've got money right? So all of a sudden you see, you know, there's the new the Fox Fox Nation, whatever it is, their new streaming service. Like they're doing documentaries on, you know, Car- Tucker Carlson presents crop circles.
4: Oh, Tucker Carlson presents <laughs> uh-huh. cattle mutilations. No, get know. Michael started on that.
6: <laughs> yeah, he's got, UFO, he's got a UFO show coming out. I just turned down. Um, Fox mm-hmm. Nation is just fin- They just wrapped on their first paranormal reality show. They're going to have a ghost hunting show on Fox yeah. Nation damn and i mean i mean you know if i get asked when i got asked to be on that i'm like what comes before it and they're like tucker carlson i'm like what comes after it?" they're like mark Furman. i'm like are you why are you (laughs) 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 they're asking the wrong guy man (laughs) but the thing is is they don't like they don't have an interest in it they're looking to just generate money yeah yeah you know
3: And it likely will. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure for the Fox News audience, you know, no offense out there, but I'm sure it is a – they are ripe for this stuff. I'm Mm -hmm. sure they
6: are going to eat it up, you know? Well, and then, you know, Tucker Carlson can pitch himself as some kind of truth teller. You know, I'm telling you – I'm telling you the secrets that the government won't tell you. That yeah.
3: yep. yep. He he's he's, you know, Rogan in the suit almost at this
5: point. Yeah.
7: <laughs> and then take Jeff Rentz, you know, it's that honeypot theory again. You you yep. dangle the exciting, uh, you know, provocative stuff out there and you get the eyeballs mm-hmm. and then you start slipping in yep. know, the other yep. garbage. So
1: one one of the things that's big right now, um, Bigfoot is is such a huge thing right now, but I think one of the things that really drives Bigfoot is like for a lot of conservatives, uh, Bigfoot has become like this this symbol, as well, of just like kind of like the real like arch conservative you know, not another- a rugged so now, individual, yeah, on its own. rugged individualism. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's. <laughs> That's what and I'm trying to say
2: here.
5: Trend. You don't yeah. need nobody.
3: <laughs> that is a bummer, man.
1: Yeah.
5: I, will,
6: I will tell you, I, I'll find a picture and post it, but there was a, a, a cryptozoological convention, and there was a guy at the convention. He has a Christian Bigfoot uh, hunting group. Oh. and on the, back, on the back of his shirt is a silhouette of Jesus on the cross and Bigfoot on his knee in front yeah. of him. <laughs> right. I've I'll seen see. that. I've oh, seen that. Yeah. God, you're kidding me.
3: Yeah,
6: yeah this is a thing. <laughs> I mean, well, or a, conversely
3: a, a
4: Bigfoot is miss. a nephilim leftover or some kind of demonic entity <laughs> that needs to be hunted.
5: <laughs> oh. be really cool. it. be- I- Go
2: ahead. Sorry, Oh, I was going to say, I was just thinking of tattoo. You you made me think of a tattoo idea. Like, I want the Last Supper with all cryptids sitting with...
5: (laughs) (laughs)
6: Nice. (laughs) flatwoods monster
5: in the middle. Yes.
6: (laughs) What I was going to say real quick is, and I'm uh, here getting, uh, you know, conspiratorial and controversial. I think people should look into, because it is very heavy, like, in the UFO community, that there are a lot of Mormons. Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. well-known. But I think that people forget, like, you should look into the Bigfoot community because most of the well-known Bigfooters are also Mormon.
1: Treasure has too. Yep.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've talked, you know, whether I – because I think I think Jeff Meldrum is still Mormon. I think he's still practicing. But they bring up the biblical story of, you know, the two children that were born and one was covered with hair and was a man of the woods and the other was – I can't remember the name of the, the babies now. Um, but is his this, father is Jake, Jacob, and Esau, yeah, and Esau, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and how Esau's father knew him by putting his hand on his shoulder because he was covered with hair. And so, like, there's actually this thing where, mm-hmm. like, believe that Esau is like one of the lost tribe and it's Bigfoot,
3: yeah, okay, <laughs> that's fun, <laughs>
4: yeah, they've always lived in an enchanted America, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
1: sure. yeah, and like, and like, Sir Fiel was saying, there's the. Sometimes they go with the whole Nephilim thing, but uh, if Bigfoot was a Nephilim, I don't know if he'd be at the cross um, praying to Jesus. <laughs> I, I went to
3: a Bigfoot convention in Hastings, Nebraska last spring, and there was a lot of Nephilim talk, and yeah. I was actually, I was, you know, I was interested in what they were saying. I'm like, okay, break it down for me, and uh, they couldn't really, but, you know, like and it was, uh, but it was uh, entertaining.
5: Yeah,
1: uh, uh, Bigfoot, I feel like, has become this symbol of the kind of rural America now. I've really started to notice this. A a lot of big trucks, uh, people's big pickup trucks have got Bigfoot on them. A lot of uh, campsites have got Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot pictures on them. Uh, zip lines, all types of hunting grounds, all types of stuff like that. Like it's become a big, especially with hunters and uh, gun aficionados. It's become a big thing. Yeti too, I've noticed. Yeah. So Bigfoot, like, is exceedingly popular. The most probably the most popular paranormal thing. And to add to the Mormon thing, John, I don't know if you mentioned this, but the Skinwalker Ranch guy bought that. I mean, that's owned oh yeah by the Mormon, the Mormon. Mormon. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
6: No, what I was going to say, I think it's interesting because you were saying like Bigfoot's big with hunters and kind of the rural community. Mm -hmm. and so You've always got like, but the thing that's interesting is whether it's the stickers you see or like the giant cutouts by the side of the road, it's always the really famous, like obviously turn Patterson Gimlin silhouette. Mm -hmm. It's like how many of these, how many of these big, massive trucker dudes like understand that most cryptozoologists think that Patty is a female.
5: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I was actually like telling my wife this, who really doesn't care about this. Stuff. <laughs> um, but, like, at all. It's I, good I, to
1: have someone around you that doesn't yeah,
3: care about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was mentioning to her, like, I will sometimes, I'm addicted to this game called Hearthstone. It's like a kind of a D&D poker type thing, whatever. But I will sometimes put Finding Bigfoot on or expedite one of those shows in the background just as like kind of like something to like giggle at, you know? And I, I, I'm have a fetish for outdoor cheap camera stuff anyways. But no one, I mean, I'm talking about a hundred percent of the time, they always refer to Bigfoot as he. Yeah. Like there is it's not even a female Bigfoot at all. And they're all flesh and blood and they're like breeding, you know, a breeding population. But they never, I mean, never mention a female Bigfoot. Yet Patty, like you said, is kind of, you know, been decided largely, I think, by the Bigfoot community that she's a female.
4: Yeah. It was the so, wild man
3: archetype, right? Yeah. Well, Misogyny is rampant in the big yeah. community.
6: <laughs> I mean, all, like, all of the cryptids, right? Like, like Mothman. You're right. Like, that That's we true. apply this idea onto it. And, yeah. and And again, we're dealing with complete unknowns and just making judgment calls. Right. And like, feeling- how do you know that? How do you know that moth? What we call moth man isn't some archetypal female goddess? Like, exactly. that actually, it's a lot better than a giant <laughs> moth man for real. It makes
2: like sense, Ke- doesn't it, with lunar goddesses?
6: Yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: Moth lady. <clears throat> I like Keo that.
3: And Gary <laughs> Barker, who both you know wrote the books, kind of the definitive books about the moth man, they never once mentioned the gender of it. They don't talk about it like that, you know. So.
6: Right, That's but the funny. Flatwoods monster is depicted with a dress and almost always depicted as female because uh, of yeah. that kind of yep. flowing gown. You mean this one, John? Oh, you <gasps> got
2: it, you got it! Oh my God, how fun is it to hold? It feels like you won an award.
3: I love it, I love it. It's, yeah, it's my, uh, you know...
1: <laughs> well, just to just to address this one question or our, our statement real quick, would it be natural for the Bigfoot interest to be high amongst rural outdoor folk? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I would say that for sure. But I'm talking. What I'm talking about is something from the last. Just I've noticed in the last two or three years, and maybe really only in the last year, that it's gotten really much bigger. You know, it's not a judgment either way. It just, I find it to be an interesting case.
3: What I I would say kind of is that, at least in in my opinion, um, I've always, you know, I love all this stuff and I've read about it my whole life. But I feel like when I started, when I read Josh Cutchin and Timothy Renner's books on kind of the paranormality aspect for Bigfoot, it got me excited about Bigfoot again. You know, and I think for a lot of people maybe who have been into it for a long time it's not a new thing, I think kind of the paranormal, you know, theory or philosophy on cryptids is is really exciting to me at least, you know, like I love those books. I love what Timothy Renner, his approach to it. So I think there is for the first time or not first time, but somewhat recently, there is good material on the paranormality aspect of Bigfoot, you know? So there is some good stuff out there, I think. I actually think it's a good time for Bigfoot in some ways, you know?
6: Yeah, and I think, like, to your point, like, again, I was talking about how we're all on our own paths and our own journeys and stuff like that. Like, I was privileged enough to grow up in a super diverse community. So when I got interested in Bigfoot and was checking out books on Bigfoot, you know, one of my friends who is one of the original – his family or one of the original inhabitants of North America, like, his concept of Bigfoot – like i was probably 13 when he was like oh that's a that's it's a nature spirit that my people used to and so like at a very early age it was introduced to me as oh, oh there might be a physical thing but for a lot longer it's been an elemental of this earth it's been a a, a sp- more spiritual creature
3: that's a lucky lucky nugget to pick up as a kid too you know yeah. like mm-hmm. wow because i mean it took me a long time to get there <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's a, let's get into what you guys are going to be talking about at the conference. And like I mentioned before, all th- all four of you are going to be speaking on Saturday. And what I'll do is I kind of go down by the uh, – actually, Kiki, Mike, and Steve, you guys are all in a block on nice. Saturday. So, Kiki, we'll start with you. Uh, this is Saturday, October 15th in about a month. Got you coming in from lunch uh, 1 to 2. And I should say that uh, Kiki and Mike, you both are going to do the work. Going to do more workshop format for your presentation. Awesome. So, Kiki, let's talk about what uh, what you're going to be doing for Strange Realities.
2: I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to do just a divination workshop. I kind of wanted it to be equivalent to the arts and crafts hour at a camp. So it's just going to be kind of a hands-on, really mellow, chill class where, you know, we'll, we'll do some talking about what divination is and maybe talk about different forms of divination. I have tons of different kits. Um, So I was going to bring Oracle cards and tarot cards and runes and pendulums and dowsing rods. But I think the thing that I'm really excited about is um, having everybody build their own trinket kit. So Mm. anybody who attends will be able to build their own divination trinket kit. And I've, started to collect things to share with people and um, that's been a lot of fun I like looking for shells so that'll be there and I'm gonna do some acorns and you know all sorts of fun little things I won't give too much away about what else I want to put in there but um I think too even like before we started um, the broadcast that idea of sort of like um, it might also be fun to do some automatic drawing right or or maybe like we could do some sort of surrealist, drawing exercise where somebody doodles, folds the page, and the next person continues. So just just kind of an hour of divination and working with what our spirit wants us to um, encounter with ourselves and the other folks in the room.
3: That sounds so amazing. I'm, really awesome. I, I am enthusiastically there with the bells on. That sounds so fun. Wow, perfect.
2: Good, good. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it will be a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah. I'm excited, nervous, looking forward to talking to people, looking forward to seeing people getting to know themselves through using divination tools. I think that's a really powerful thing. And then maybe even talking about, you know, I'm sure people are going to have show and tell stories, maybe talking, letting people talk about, you know, their experience, their really awesome and weird experiences using divination. Um, it's going be a lot of fun. I know it's only an hour class, so we'll see how much. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks awesome.
4: for that. We really wanted to get the workshops going this year and and both you and Mike Hughes are going to be uh, providing some different types of experiences beyond uh, just the usual lectures that we've had. So I really appreciate that. That sounds like a lot of fun.
2: Thank you for letting us do that. I I'm thrilled. It's definitely a place where I feel a little bit more comfortable and confident than getting up and doing a slideshow. Um, although I think that's good too. I'll probably have a slideshow
0: <laughs> still, um, but.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and this way too, uh, cause we were thinking about doing it in the, in doing the workshops in the other room while it's going on, but this way too, the online audience can join in with this as well so it's just going to be all on one stream and i think that i think that's going to make it make it a little easier there is there is an extra room so if anybody wants to continue maybe doing a little bit of practices or anything that they want to do
5: cool
1: you, you can do it in the other room as well but in that hour yeah time that'll be shared with the online audience I
2: love which it. i think
1: which i think is going to be really important
2: I yeah, and I'm really excited about people being able to join us virtually that can't make it to Nashville. But if you can make it to Nashville, like just look at the people on your screen right now. We're so fun. Like what came after
3: that? I love that. You're town. all coming
2: to Nashville, right? You're gonna be there in person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love it there. I'm so excited the
4: day before, if, if people need some kind of like craft supplies to participate, like if you could let us know the day before we could tell everyone, uh, for the online audience, what they could, uh, what they should have, uh, to participate. That would, that'd be cool.
2: I could share that with you guys for sure. Great idea. I want it it secret for everybody who there, who's there in person.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Good. Good. This is going to be, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be, this is, this is really exciting. Um, and then, uh, the then Michael Hughes, uh, you follow Kiki. It's a hard act to follow, Mike. So you know,
7: I know, I know. I, I'm excited. I'm really excited about uh, <laughs> Kiki's workshop. I mean, I love the idea of the trinket divination and, and just all all forms of divination. But um, so, yeah. What time? So what time will I be going on? Just so right you t- people.
1: So we we normally take a, a ten minute break uh, between. Uh, uh, speaker spot spots, or in this case, workshop spots. So this will be 2.10 to 3.10. Keep in mind that's central time. So if anybody's going to be watching the conference from uh, wherever you're at, just, you know, uh, calculate what your uh, time zone is going to be. Can so,
7: do. Yeah. Can do. Um, yeah, so what I'm doing is tarot magic and essentially i mean so many people have been getting into tarot reading uh you know i remember when i first started teaching classes i would get maybe you know six ten people and every time i do them now i just have to have a waiting list because there's just such an incredible interest out there among you know such a diverse group of people too so for me i think a lot of people are into using the cards and divination with the cards but what this workshop is going to be about is how to use tarot um just sort of to navigate your life you know to live better to enhance probability in your favor to get insights that aren't just the typical reading cards for insights and things like that so and these are a series of exercises like things i've been working with for many years Things I've picked up from other people, you know, so I credit the other folks that I got some of these exercises from. Um, But it's just, I think it's just another way of looking at this art, this divinatory art, and taking it into just different places in your life. Um, Just to explore, um, you know, interfacing with reality using these. I generally use the... um, the major cards for the most part. So a lot of it's gonna be focused on the 22 major cards, but I'm bringing lots of decks. I have lots of historic decks that I use for different purposes. And I'll talk to people about different decks you can use for different kinds of, you know, different exercises and things like that. And, um, but what I would encourage, and I'm also like, like Kiki, I'm very excited to have people join online as well. All this stuff, can be taught really easily virtually so i'm just I, i'm just really excited it's it's the first time i've talked about a lot of this stuff because generally i just teach like practical tarot reading without a lot of magical components to it so it's really exciting for me because i'm just kind of like spilling all the stuff that i've been excited about and that i've been doing for a long time so and i i just encourage everybody just bring a deck, like bring your favorite deck, bring a couple of decks. If you're sitting at home, just, you know, use whatever deck that you're familiar Mm -hmm. with, because it will be applicable to basically to any tarot deck. That's, that's the point of it. So uh, I'm really excited. So I appreciate the opportunity
1: to do this workshop.
7: Oh, it's It's great to to have you
1: back. Yeah. I
7: can't wait to get back. I love Sir Studios, man. It's such a, Fun time, like walking around and looking at all the instruments and everything. All my, all my music geek friends, I just kept like sending them shots, you know, of, like the wall of, of drum kits and you know, <laughs> and just the endless wall of guitars and stuff like that. And they, they they were just you know, they were blown away. So it's such a it's such a cool space too. So
1: yeah, it's a great place. Um, the reason that we've done it there, since you brought it up, the reason that we've done it there. Over the years, is uh, really because of Rob, mm-hmm. who used to be part of Conspiranormal and really still part of our family. Um, he's the one that will be doing the uh, doing the sound. So you, I think you probably met Rob last year, but um, you know because of him, you know the first year we were able to get a d- good discount because he worked there at the time, and it's just it has everything we need. And uh, when the pandemic hit they decided that since they were getting a lot of bands practicing, they decided to install internet in every single one of the practice rooms. So we have the largest practice room, which is room number one. And so we're able to just hardwire in and just stream last year. And it was a – they they really have literally everything we need to make this happen. So,
7: Cool, cool venue. I, I just want to add one more thing, too, is that this tarot magic is – my approach is that magic is just something it, it's part of being human is doing magic. So, you know, you don't have to be a witch or, you know, follow any particular tradition. I just think magic is like our birthright. You know, it's it's something that we do. So this is magic that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your spiritual perspective or your tradition or anything like that. It's just this is what people do. And, you know, um, Everyone should experience more magic in their lives. That's what I look at. I love so that awesome. Yeah,
2: sounds like a great class
3: for sure.
7: Cool. I have well, a tarot
2: have... deck for it too. Can you see,
3: is that gold? <laughs> oh, nice. I'll bring my Twin oh, yes. Peaks deck. We'll yeah. Do all the TV shows.
7: I've got my UFO deck. Um, uh, you know, I've got my Miss Cleo deck. I'll,
6: one, so. I'll, b- I'll bring my vintage Kiss trading cards, which Whoa. I've used. To <laughs> no, yeah.
2: Please, I want to see that. All
5: right, we <laughs> all have to bring
1: Detroit people. Rock City, baby. No? <laughs> nice. Amazing. Are you going to bring the Golden Girls deck, Kiki, to to
2: Nashville? Yeah. I will bring so many. Another one that I really love is um, the star child deck because I'm really into star seed stuff. Um, so I love I, I have so many tarot decks and I'll just pack them. I'm driving up, so I'll just pack them in the car.
5: All right.
7: We can yeah. have we can have like a, you know, a, a deck, a deck party where we all you know show <laughs> each other our decks. That is that, that sounds a little nasty. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> But yeah, show and tell. Show and tell tarot deck party. That would be I love fun. it. Oh that would yes. be fun.
1: Perfect. Fun. Well, at uh following this workshop. And sorry, Steve, you gotta follow this Great. Oh but, good uh, Lord, yeah. oh my gosh.
3: Well three
1: three um, twenty to four twenty.
6: Yeah.
1: There's a ten minute break after four twenty.
6: Yeah. Perfect. There's That's a mean, ten minute man. break after four <laughs> twenty. Strange how that worked out.
3: <laughs> I will have to observe. I will have to observe. Um, no, I will not. I'll be a professional. That'll happen afterwards. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to, it's a, not really a hodgepodge. I'm going to talk about kind of two different subjects. Um, one is I, I studied long form improv and sketch comedy, um, this kind of this Chicago style uh, Second City Improv Olympic upright. Uh, I, I did it for 15 long years. And the guy who invented this form and really invented improv as an art form is this man named Del Close. And Del Close was, John knows who he is, of course. And um, he was a brilliant person, a troubled man, you know, prickly and had his uh, misgivings. But he was very into magic. And um, he rubbed, you know, elbows with a lot of uh, kind of the big players of the 40s and 50s and Supposedly he gave you know L. Ron Hubbard the idea to write Dianetics. And so I'm gonna talk a bit about that because I mean this guy literally influenced everyone we grew up watching, you know, Bill Murray, you know, everyone in the early SNL, they're all kind of and they they call themselves disciples of Dell. And Dell would teach the opening, every every improv show I ever did. You would start with something called the Invocation, where you were invoking to the you know the spirit gods mm-hmm. of comedy to you know, like get everyone going into a group mind. And I have to say it worked, you know, like I bought into it completely. And you know, he always, you know, he would say you were performing magic up there. You're not doing comedy, you're not doing acting, whatever. You were performing a ritual. And so it was, I, I just wanted to like kind of, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the occult influence on mainstream comedy because there is a big one and, you know, it's not, evil, you know, scary, well, I think it's very positive and good. It's a great way to, for any artist to loosen up and get out of their head and learn how to perform unconsciously with other people. So I want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, I have a personal connection to it, but I'm um, also, I, uh, you know, like a, uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I, during the pandemic, I moved back to Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm originally from to kind of help my parents out because they're older and I was freaking out because it was a pandemic and they're by themselves. Um, but I've always had this affinity for Nebraska high strangeness. So um, I have been kind of talking to a lot of people, a lot of historians and um, some experiencers. And so I've been going out into the field, like, you know, and this is so fun for me because I've always dreamed about doing all this stuff. And I, you know, I've been out in cornfields with a bow hunter who has shown me all these quite remarkable structures and, deer camera you know videos of orbs of light and stuff and i end up in, you know so i i've been peeling the onion on some of these stories and finding some quite incredible stuff and what kind of going back to the paranormality of you know bigfoot people think oh in nebraska there's no forest it's just you know agriculture and farmland and it mostly is but there is a lot of bigfoot encrypted signs, black cat sightings going back to the 1800s in newspapers that I found. So I have been spending a lot of free time in small town rural libraries, which to me is a wonderful way to spend the day. And I have been finding some quite fascinating stuff, to me at least. So I'm going to share you know, some of my passion for Nebraska high strangeness with, um, and hopefully it's a lot of news stories that you haven't found online. Because there's, there's the Herbert Shermer case, which is wonderful and fun. And you know uh, Reinhold Schmidt happened in Nebraska and there's you know Ball Cemetery and there's there's some greatest hits but I'm going to try my best to kind of steer away from those and and hopefully introduce people to some new encounters and new cases and uh you know a little piece of Nebraska history which I feel like has been kind of overlooked so I'm going to give that a crack and hopefully it goes okay I'm I, I will say I'm terribly nervous I've Been on stage thousands of times, but I've never like done a presentation, and I'm worried about being like having to stand still and not
0: not being able to. Can I move
3: around? Yeah, okay, you can. Okay. I wasn't sure because I feel like most of the ones are you know you, people are at a podium, which is
0: great. But I feel like I might
3: well come might out of wanna, my
1: skin. The, the sound guy might want to dictate that. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I going to
3: cause any problems. I'm gonna I'm gonna really try to you know ground myself. But I'm I, gonna I, walk. I'm, or, so. I'm gonna walk around, Steve. Oh, if John's doing, it, I can do it then. <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel more comfortable. I feel like I won't be like as nervous if I'm moving. If I'm standing yeah. still, I, I like. Oh, my, I'm...
4: We can probably get you a microphone that you can walk around with.
3: Okay, cool. And if yeah. not, I can yeah. shout pretty loud. But you know,
1: there's there, Yeah, I mean, the, you know, there's a handheld mic. It's a handheld mic anyway, yeah. so you can okay, take it cool. off and everything. Cool. cool. I just <laughs> feel just like, like it will
3: be more me if I'm able to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I just know
1: Rob hates lapel mics with a
3: I passion. Hear it. They're, they're probably <laughs> Well, they get they ruffle up, and plus I'm a gesticulator, so I'm sure I'll be yeah. knocking it and stuff. So, but I'm I so excited, and I will tell you, i this is just like the most nervous I've ever been to do anything. <laughs> Probably it's you know, <laughs> but I'm so excited, you know. Like I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I didn't
5: know
6: Dell was into magic.
5: Oh
3: yeah, I'll bring you a book if you're interested. It's called The Guru, and it's um yeah. I think he'd really enjoy it. I mean, he, he was deeply into magic, and he was a Wiccan, you know, and he. Uh, all his teachings, he or like his whole philosophy, he really learned from magical practices. Kind of the Crowleyan, like Kenneth Grant stuff. I think he was a bigger Kenneth Grant guy, but it's quite fascinating. Yeah, it's it's interesting.
6: I've always wondered why long form improv and and imp- like that style of improv. I've always wondered why I've been so drawn to it. Like, I yeah, wonder if I'm just unconsciously recognizing, you know, I, systems I,
3: I think I think you're right. I mean, e- even like you know, like. Whether you're a Grateful Dead fan or not, they kind of did the same thing where there was like no set list. We're just gonna go like invoke something at the beginning and play for four hours. And sometimes it works great, like improv, and sometimes it's a train wreck. Steve, I'm kind of
4: worried. I'm kind of worried that the some uh, synchro mystic bullshitters are gonna like take that and run with it to uh, expose the satanic origins of uh comedy and
3: hollywood I'm you know sure. so it's, I mean, oh, yeah. what work do they do you know like I mean, <laughs> it's it's insane man yeah no, have fun with it eat your heart out go for it
1: actually that's it that's since you brought that up i mean i know that there's lately in the last 10 years there's been a huge occult revival
5: mm-hmm.
1: but uh historically i mean uh, i have a lot of actors because i mean acting is a craft. Mm-hmm. And have a lot of actors embraced some of these ideas and some of these more, like, occult and philosophical concepts like, like Dale Close did?
3: You know, I think, you know, it's funny because most of my friends are from, like, an kind of improv sketch alternative community in L.A. And no one really cares, you know? Like, honestly, like, yeah. they know because all our teachers that we gripped were direct, like, disciples of Dell, And all they would do every class and, like, when they were coaching us was, quote, Dell. So we all knew about it, but for me, I was like, "What? Are you kidding me? Like, this is amazing!" And for me, it was, I it was, ent- I was, I loved it so much. But my friends were like, "Cool, can I just get on stage now?" So, like, I but but I will say, I think actors and artists in general are more open to some of these kind of woo ideas that, or you know, whatever you want to call it. That I, you know, because if I'm at a party for more than five minutes, I'm asking someone if they've had a weird experience, you know. <laughs> and a lot of times, they say yes, you know, like.
5: It's, <laughs>
1: Well, so, yeah, a, yeah. Especially, I mean, if you get actors that are, you know that have been in theaters, yeah, you get a lot of weird theater ghost stories and those. Every theater of
3: is kind of they say, you know, yeah. like in uh But I, I did, I, I performed in, when I was in college. I did a lot of plays outside of the campus I was in, outside of the school. And sure enough, the theater was. I never experienced anything, but everyone's like, "It's haunted, man!" I was here last night, and the doors were slamming and stuff. So like, <laughs> it is it, that is a thing. Yeah,
6: you know what, Steve? (laughs) When you were talking, I was thinking too. Like when I listen to the podcast that I listen to, or go to shows where they're doing improv, it's funny because sometimes you'll hear interviews with comedians, and they'll sound like they're—I mean, obviously, there are some people who just don't believe in anything. Yes, but almost every time I go and see improv, within moments they have devolved to a ghost being involved. Yep. Or an alien, or a monster, yes. like, or someone is psychic and and like, like it's every improv immediately. Like, all of a sudden, someone's a ghost and haunting the house.
3: Exactly, that is wildly common. And pirates and robots, but those are the big five. You know, when people are like, "What should the scene be about?" Hey, I'm a robot. You know, from outer space. <laughs> You're so right, though. It is wildly common, and I've done it myself a thousand times. For me, it was a go-to. You know, <laughs> like you know, scene would open up. I'm getting abducted and getting you know, you know, <laughs> surgical thing performed on me. You know, but uh.
7: totally off base. But since you brought up improv, is there any link between uh, comedy improvisation and like jazz improvisation? Are there are yeah, there ties and you know because it seems kind of the mm-hmm. same thing. And a lot of a lot of jazz. I'm a yes. big jazz fan. A lot of jazz musicians are kind of start to get out there
3: too.
4: Totally. just let it, it flow in. through you yeah it yeah. really
3: it really is uh Dell was a huge jazz guy S- big surprise, big surprise. And so yep. yeah he was very very inspired artistically by jazz in so many different aspects but the improvisational thing absolutely was borrowed from jazz uh, totally. cool i think it's you know improv is a mixture of jazz and magic really you know very Love cool it.
4: Jazz and magic.
3: Jazz and magic.
4: <laughs> Jazz hands and magic.
1: So, actually, Saturday night, the 15th of October, we end with uh, Mr. John Tenney, the headliner. John, you're nope. the headliner of Saturday nope. night.
6: Pressure.
5: Yeah. The pressure, yeah.
1: 8.50 <laughs> to 9.50, that's Central Time again. So, John, what are you going to be talking about?
6: If I'm the headliner. Then I for sure get to walk around on the stage. That's,
1: yeah, right. You yeah. that's, that's right. right. you do. <laughs> you do. Um, we'll pass the mic how about that
6: you know uh, anybody that's ever seen my lectures know that it's very free form but one of the things that I I used to do this lecture a long time ago which was called The End of the World and it just discussed apocalypse and doomsday scenarios and how many we've all lived through in our lives and how every generation has these moments where they think it's the end of the world but I kind of recrafted some of that lecture because I wanted to do a lecture about the doomsday of conspiracy theories, like mm-hmm. how conspiracy theories like don't even really mean anything anymore. They are like, th- obviously, they're alive and they surge through everywhere, but at the same time, they're completely dead because there are so many compete con- competing conspiracy theories that like you. It used to be a big deal if you had a convention and there was a hollow earth or and a flat earther and they might argue at that event, right? But now, like, there are so many hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of competing conspiracy theories. It's dead. Like, and it's over. And one of the things that I actually, I'm going to talk about that and, and how that informs and and creates kind of the way that we think about reality or our seemingly shared reality right now. But I will start, I, I really want to attempt to at my lecture at the beginning, I want to attempt to create a conspiracy theory. And then by the end of my lecture, with the help of people online and in the room, we're going to validate the thing that we made up at the beginning of the, of the lecture. Like I want people to use their phones and the internet and their knowledge. And we're going to start crafting at the beginning. I'll do my lecture. And at the end, we'll have all the evidence that what we made was true.
2: Can we have a hashtag for it so we could get it going on Twitter too? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's
6: That's pretty Discordian of you, Tinny. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is like when I say at the end of the lecture, we're going to prove that it's true, what we're going to actually just do, what I hope to have by the end is we'll just have this wealth of compiled data that anyone that looks at it would say, like, oh, this has to be true. But we all knowingly made it up at the beginning of the lecture. So just to show how conspiracy theories can be crafted and how narratives can be drawn and how people can start to believe in things, and then I'll be really interested to see if it actually plays out months, perhaps weeks, years later, if we actually just picked up on something that was was hiding in the dark. You're going to give away the real
3: secret, aren't you? Man,
5: sounds (laughs) a little (laughs)
2: like a tulpa, right?
3: Yeah! Wow! So a something. random conspiracy theory generator. This is unbelievable. I am so there. This is going to be great.
2: <laughs>
6: and powered powered by all the speakers, all the guests, and all the people online. For real, this is Love so it. awesome.
1: It's a it's a conspiracy. It's like a the Philip experiment of conspiracy theories.
6: <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yep.
3: Oh my lord.
1: Well,
6: thank we're going to drag the ridiculous into the world of the ridiculous.
1: <laughs> thank you for using strange realities 2022 to generate a, a unified filled conspiracy theory. Yeah. Strange
6: realities. We have to create a strange reality. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's exactly right.
1: All this stuff is really participatory.
4: Um, that's I think it's really showing like, uh, you know, what makes strange realities different. So I really appreciate you guys. Uh, this is all. Sounded really fun.
6: Yeah. I'm just excited to watch everybody.
2: I'm thankful that you created a platform where we can all come together and talk about our, you know, weird things.
4: (laughs) Yeah. This lineup. I mean, I don't, you're not going to see all these people anywhere else. I'll just say that. Like, um, we've been holding it down for four years and, uh, we'll see what the future has in store but uh this is going to be a really really great one here and we've really perfected the hybrid format so um you know that's one good thing that came out of the pandemic uh so uh, we really like having that best of both worlds going on um to let all the online people check it out too but uh like you said at the beginning kiki it's going to be a lot of fun cuz all these people are very accessible and uh, all those hallway conversations and, and hotel hangouts are really a uh, part of what it, what it's all
1: about. Especially when you've got Tim Banal in the mix. That's
3: what I <laughs> <really> <laughs> my room. I'm rooming with him. Oh <laughs> man. You, you, you didn't get by the choice, pleasure. by choice. I love you. You, you did <laughs> not
1: get the pleasure at, at, at uh, paramania, but uh, <laughs> for, for strange realities. Yes. Well, he'll drag be, me
3: out. He'll keep me awake late, you know, and, and like, and, you know,
6: Tim will take care of it. Yeah, the last time I was, I've talked about this before. The last time I saw Benal, we got kicked out of a, a bar together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he actually, he actually told that story just a few days ago. You know, he's there.
4: right back up in the morning though. Like yeah.
1: that's what's yep. so weird yeah. about it is that like he he can he can do like he's he a this party all night and then like six thirty in the morning he's up. I mean, yeah. just look like, ready.
6: I'll tell you, though, I don't know why he got kicked out of that bar we were at, he and I. He was already outside when I got kicked out. But I will tell you, this is the most ridiculous being kicked out that I've ever had in my life. The bartender refused to serve me and kicked me out because she goes, you're not from around here, are you? And I was like, no. And she goes, you look like a nice person. And I go, I am. And she goes, I'm not going to serve you. You shouldn't be in this bar. And I was like, because I'm nice. She goes, you look like a nice person. You shouldn't be in this bar. And then she told one of the bouncers to walk me out. And so he walked me out. And I was about to call Benal and realized he was standing in front of me. And he's like, they kicked me out. <laughs> Maybe out.
4: she's just looking out for you, man.
6: <laughs> and like, I, I yeah. That, but... Wow. Like,
4: what, if you're not in the motorcycle that? club, you should probably leave.
5: Oh my
6: god. We, we were in where uh, were you? we were in where's Lauren's museum? He said it was Portland. Portland uh, oh, Maine. Yeah. Maine? yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Is he watching?
6: I don't know. He might be.
2: Oh, I thought you said he said that, so I thought he was.
1: Oh no! Well, no, because we just we just saw him it not is that long ago. Right? Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. How was West Virginia? It was great. I loved the pictures. It was, it was really fun, fun to see everybody enjoying it was, themselves. It, it was, was just so but. fun
3: to like go stand where Linda Scarberry saw the. I mean, like you know, like. I that was that book was such a gateway drug for me, like as a kid, and it, you know, st- I read it like five times. Like, I would love John Keel so much, but um, it was great, you know, like it was cool. I think it's a pilgrimage everyone should make if you're into weird stuff. I think. Whoa. And Flatwoods is so close too, so you might as well go to both. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, I'm so glad. That, and that, the, the
3: Serpent Man is of- right there too. The Serpent Man that was, that might have been my. the best thing i saw,
1: that was Did you, guys saw you guys saw there before right
3: yeah okay. I, I i drove out because i wanted to go there and i went, I went to the cahokia mound um mounds on my way home and that was it's a, i can't believe we were not taught that in high school or like in, in school period like Thanks. no one even the midwest even knows that exists. and it's like kind of our giza you know like it's mm-hmm. unbelievably impressive
2: and to know that you could just walk to the top of it and look out and see the arches, it's yeah, really
3: it's, a it's,
2: fascinating vibe. <laughs> it is
3: very moving, really. You know, like I was like, yeah. emotional. Like I, I loved it so much.
2: There, um, There's some cool, I guess it's not that close. Um,
4: Old Stone Fort?
2: Yep, that's what I was thinking Where's of. Where's that? Where's that? manchester tennessee so actually where the town where bonnaroo is yeah it's like 45 Um, minutes out It's a little field trip but that is uh an ancient area where mounds were built on this really beautiful like it's gorgeous it's like this like peninsula of just waterfalls and it's gorgeous and these mounds were built built up to align with the summer solstice, which I think is cool because Bonnaroo also happens around the summer solstice. So this tradition of honoring the sun is still taking place in the same area. Um, and then there's also like the ideas of like all the, the, like the the giants being found in the caves around the area too, like yes. the giant skeletons. Mm. Um, and one time I went into the old stone fort shop because I was like, I'm just going to ask, I was like, do you have any information on giants? And the woman was just like,
5: no. Oh, <laughs> <I'm> like, <about laughs> one it. of them.
2: She had no comment. She had no, I could get a patch and I could leave. Like, get yeah. on the trail and leave her alone. But it's, it's really beautiful. Um, oh. And also, if you go in the other direction towards the Natchez Trace, there's actually another mound uh, uh on the Harpeth River that
5: Brilliant.
2: you can see. And if you sign up with the archeological whatever, you can walk there and walk up to the top of the mound. And there's um, petroglyphs on the rocks nearby. So there's really sacred space and really beautiful areas. I mean, Nashville, too. What was it that they were building where they found a saber-toothed tiger skeleton underneath? The, it uh, either, yeah,
4: either one day, of those buildings downtown, that's building. where we get the mascot for the uh, hockey team, the Predators.
2: That's right. <laughs> with their sacred catfish ritual every right. <laughs>
5: game right
2: whoa. so yeah it, it it's such a beautiful like, it, you'll love it
3: yeah you know? i i've been to nashville a few times and i love the city but i'm hoping to you know carve out enough time where i can go check out some other weird stuff i know the bell Witch is played out but i have to go see the bell Witch place <laughs> i'm so close i have to go you know like i know
2: and i think that, you got you guys went last year didn't you
1: it was all closed down. Yeah, everything we went was there, closed yeah. down, but oh, there's I, I think that um Sergio was saying that there's actually a uh, that Thursday before the conference, there is a tour going on about Olivet Cemetery. What's which that? is very well worth going oh. to Ooh. see anything about Olivet Cemetery.
2: Is that in the evening?
1: Yeah. Very cool.
2: We gonna are we gonna carpool
1: out there? Yep. I don't know. We'll see. We'll get to see how everybody feels because oh, there's gonna be a like- lot of people. Yeah, we should, we should probably just go out there just the just ourselves and don't worry about the tour. Yes. Which I mean, you know, Sergio knows where the plenty of stuff is by himself. So that's
3: awesome. Your will be our tour guide.
7: do so it. I can do it. I, can
5: finally say
1: it's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> uh, I gotta say,
7: while a bunch of you guys were tooling around, Mothman. Um, I was feeling very jealous that I wasn't there, and <laughs> I was driving in my car, and this kind of younger dude pulled up in front of me. You know, stickers all over the car, and there was a freaking Mothman sticker on. Really?
5: It. Ooh, and
7: I love it. I had just been looking at at the photos and just feeling extremely envious of. Oh the, wow! Of that so. That was kind. Of, that was a great little sink. There,
1: and
3: that's a so. great one.
1: There, yeah. There's there's something about the the existence of the mounds and all the weirdness. There's something to it. Um, cause it's interesting
6: thing how happened. my little sink that just happened was you guys. My mind was spinning because, like, one of the most haunted cemeteries here in Detroit is Mount Olivet. Oh really? So,
3: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's but already I'm,
3: happening, man. <laughs> Not
1: all of it here is a very it's like a very special place. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there.
2: That weird uh pyramid site is really fascinating. Yeah. Really, that's really cool too.
1: Yeah, who hmm. is that? That's
4: Major Lewis. He was the um pretty much the mastermind behind the Parthenon. And the vice an president centennial.
5: Really,
3: really quick before we you know, breeze past Mothman, John, am I wrong in thinking? Or, am I dreaming this? Was there? I know there was like Mothman sightings in Chicago, supposedly, in around Lake Michigan. But were there moth? Was there a Mothman or winged humanoid sighting in Michigan somewhat recently? Or am I making that up?
6: No, someone said they saw some kind of winged figure here in Michigan. Right. I think in the last year or so. Okay. But I mean, Michigan is a, obviously, you know, when you dig deep in every state, you start finding there's winged creatures all over the place. Right. right. It's just whether or not anyone sees it or recognizes it as not a hawk or an eagle. Right. Like, it's it's a humanoid with wings. But yeah.
2: It, you, Mount, you oh, sorry. <laughs> I was
6: just going to say, I was just wanted to tell you because you were talking about your Mount Olivet. So my Mount Olivet, when I first started researching stuff, um, ours in Detroit has like a uh, strange amount of lightning strikes and like storms that happened near it and when i was a kid probably like 14 to about 17 i was super fascinated by it, by it because as a comic book kid people saw they saw said they saw the ghost of superman in mount olivet and so i that was just kind of under my back burner and it just sat for years and years so I've become an older man. i become more fascinated in classic films and movies. I'm still a comic book geek, whatever. So it didn't even register to me. I went to Mount Olivet one time because I found out that this guy who was a, uh, an actor back in the 1930s, his, he played a cowboy in like seven, 70 cowboy movies. His name's Tom Tyler, and he's buried at Mount Olivet. And it was like at that moment that I realized that Tom Tyler was the first person to play Shazam in films. And uh, like the lightning, was, yeah, and cool. back in back of my head, like lightning strikes in Mount Olivet. And someone <gasps> said they saw Superman. Like Tom Tyler is like the ghost of Shazam. Oh my that. god, that is right. amazing!
5: Oh, yeah.
6: <clears throat> so that's our weird Mount Olivet that we have here. Wow! Well, have you been to
2: the Mount Olivet in, in Nashville?
6: No, that's why I said, "Oh, I'm." That's why my ears perked. Yeah. Per-
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's calling you, I
2: think.
6: Yeah, yeah.
1: There's, I mean, it's a very old historical cemetery. Uh, a lot of the movers and shakers of Nashville. There's a lot of just a lot of history there, um, and it's still it's still an operational cemetery too. Like there's a, but I mean, you you can definitely tell the old part, and there's just some interesting stuff to see. We'll try to we'll try to get as many people as we can on that Thursday night. We'll, we'll, I think it would be good to do it before the conference because we did do that with Ren, mm-hmm. uh and a one other person. We went we went up there and just like you know hung around at nighttime
3: Ooh, maybe and uh, th- surf- maybe Thursday night.
1: Yeah, like I said, surfing. I mean, you know, he he's a good enough tour guide himself. He knows that place pretty well.
6: So you got you got my brain spinning because now I'm wondering if I should get some of my friends here to go to Mount Olivet on the night we go to Mount Olivet, <laughs> and, see if, and see if I can see if I can get uh, Tom Tyler to appear as Shazam in your Mount Olivet. <laughs> see if see if we could <laughs> get a portal. Is that what you want to do? I mean, I, yeah, it. I have some friends with that could probably do some do something in Mount Olivet <laughs> in oh, Detroit. I'm loving what's cooking here. This, uh, good. this, this is going to be so good. such a good
2: weekend. <laughs> oh, the best.
1: Back to the mounds, real quick though, uh, Steve. The next day, you left. You left Sunday. We we, yeah. we Well, you left on Sunday morning, but yeah. Sunday we went to the Creel mound, which is C R I E L. That's that's right there, like a place called South Charleston.
5: Mm-hmm. Really, it
3: was, uh, it was in Charleston, actually. Yeah,
1: it's in Charleston itself, ah. in a little park. And then there's uh, on the way back, Josh and Bruce and I hit. Uh, ashland kentucky mounds which are really? just pretty small they're very tiny compared to like even the Creole mound but uh that was interesting in and of itself and just like all this stuff that we have from this from this old civilization is just amazing we yeah there's, there's amazing stuff here yes in the there united are really, states
3: there really is and it's funny because all these like sites we're talking about it's so crazy that you have to actually like be in the know or know people who, you know, know people like us because I was telling my friends, I was like, oh, you should really take your family to the Cogia Mounds. Like I was just telling my buddy, he's like, but what? I mean, <laughs> I, I never heard a mention of even Chaco Canyon. Like Chaco Canyon is one of the most amazing feats of architecture or just like ancient, like, you know, civilization in the United, in the world. And I, no one knows about it. <laughs> Like it really is quite disturbing uh, to me because I have a little bit
4: of a different experience growing up in the Southwest. It's Mm -hmm. a lot more, yeah, probably because there's more you know living Native Americans, and it's not just like a a memory for the most part,
3: right? But it's just breathtaking, you know. It's like it 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 disturbs me that the education system. I went to public school is so skewed towards like Western European. When when Western Europeans got here, that's when history started. Like it's just, it's what a disservice to children. It's really upsets me.
6: Yeah, I mean, and to, that's like I think all of us experienced something similar to that. I mean, growing up in Michigan, I don't. I was probably in high school when someone explained to me that like, Michigan is a Native American word. Like, but it's a bastardization of it, obviously. Yeah. But, like. You know none of that's discussed in elementary school like in elementary school it's here's when the europeans got here uh they had thanksgiving <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly you know i
6: mean yeah. like that's, that's here history we are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, here we are
3: you know enough go on yeah create yep. your own history
7: <laughs> i i gotta chime in because um i just recently wrote uh, an article on my favorite cemeteries in baltimore and The one that I've never been to is Mount Olivet Cemetery in Baltimore. So we got one too, man. And now I'm determined to get there. (laughs) Triple (laughs) thing. Now we have to form a triangle. If if you guys do come to Baltimore ever, I will take you to see um, the Elijah Bond Ouija board tombstone. Mm. There's a gravestone with a Ouija board on it for in honoring the grave of elijah which no one knew where it was for a long time it was only in like the pet i think 10 years ago someone
6: i think that st- was probably was that the talking board in. historical society did that because it might be uh, Robert.
7: yeah yep exactly yeah so they so it's it's just amazing you're walking through this beautiful historic cemetery with just you know incredible funerary art and all of a sudden, there's a Ouija board, you know, in oh, front of you. It's cool. it's it's so cool. So oh, I
3: so, will uh, I will take you up on that when I'm in Baltimore.
7: Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Well, there, you know, open is invitation? A, yeah. Is there a burial site for Poe? Yeah, there is. You can see. Yeah, you can go you can go to, to Poe's uh, burial ground, and there's actually a Westminster um, Church. You could there's a um, there's like a catacombs part of it too that you used to be able to go on tours to see um but i'm not sure i haven't it's been many years since i went on there if doing those anymore but yeah you can see poe's grave as well Very and divine's grave if you like divine oh
1: there yeah, you go uh, legend so we could do some serious grave hopping in baltimore
3: <laughs> you had yeah, divine
1: i, th- I think the, about all of it. thing i think that that is a biblical reference if i'm not mm-hmm. mistaken yep. i think it's a place in Jerusalem, I think, or outside of mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Uh, you mentioned petroglyphs, Steve. Did you see in the park, the Point Pleasant Park, where cornstalk is buried? Did you see yes. the petroglyph? Yeah, I was. I was. That with they had preserved. Yeah. <laughs> I was standing right okay. there. <laughs> uh, okay, I couldn't remember if that was you or Josh.
3: I was the nerdy tourist with my GoPro and, every, and yeah, no. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, and that was weird because usually they do not carve petroglyphs out of where they find them, but they did here and they put it in a park that's just got like a little wire fence on it and it's totally weathered and they, should, they shouldn't they should have done that, you know, and now you can really I mean, you could barely see it, right? We, we were like shining lights just to see like you know, whatever you can see that would remain, but right, Adam? Uh, no.
6: The only petroglyphs that we have in Michigan have a little wire fence around them and they've just recently put a roof over the top of it, but like <laughs> I tell people to go there all the time, but now it's almost heartbreaking to go there because so many people have like scratched their names into it, like it says yeah. next to it. You know oh, what I mean? Like Yeah. And there's no one yeah. I mean, there's no there's no forest ranger that watches over it twenty four hours a day. It's just a yeah. fence around some rocks, you know.
5: Yeah,
6: uh,
4: that old stone fort that Kiki was talking about, um it's got a really nice watering holes, so it's quite the the destination, which is which is okay. But they've got like the main trail passes right through the axis mundi where the priests would stand, and you know on the left to the right would be the equinoxes, and south to north would be the solstices or however that works. It's a sol it's actual it's like solar cross with mounds on on each corner, but like the main path is like right through it so people are just like walking right through dogs everything else that's Uh, all messed up i'm just like that's the axis mundi right there like
3: yeah uh yeah i mean even when i was at cahokia there was like people with like weight you know like those uh when people are training for something they'll wear like those vests with like weights in them there was like all these people running up cahokia mounds for exercise all white people of course and um my friend and i were like just like oh god it was so, it felt so disrespectful and they were like they were like excuse me you know like just like running through people and i was like just calm down you know like i'm like do you really have to come here and make it your gym i mean that's like you know
5: people yeah, are right.
2: makes me think too like Even if you go to, like, sacred, like, really well-known sacred sites, like the Giza Pyramid, there's, like, people blocked off so people can pose for their Instagram shots. I mean, we were in the most sacred of places, in the holy of holy temples, and there's people, you know, like, posing and, you know, with their selfie sticks. And, you know, it's it's a really interesting thing. I mean, I also – I mean, like, I – I was Facebook Living through Dendera. Sure. But it was Everyone's really,
4: got to get a pyramid selfie. So yeah. And
2: I think that everybody should go to Dendera. So I wanted everybody to come with me. Of course.
3: So. There's just there's a way to do it, you know? Like, you know, it's just, I feel like it's, sometimes, like, when I was walking up the Cahokia Steps, I was, like, really wanting to have this, perf- I wanted to walk slow and, like, really take it in. But I had to, like, walk fast because there was all these people exercising behind me. And I'm like,
2: <laughs> and isn't it weird too wasn't there like a farmer who just put his, he built his house on the top of the Cahokia mound at one point like
3: <laughs> i don't a, know i wouldn't doubt it though
6: that's very common practice you like, can find them gorgeous. all over here yeah there's uh, that uh, there's that story that grant morrison the comic book artist uh talks about when he went to Kathmandu and there was this temple that has 365 steps and you have to step on each step and you can't pause between taking steps. And if you get to the top without pausing, you get are granted a wish. And he was talking about, cause the steps are so like strangely formed. Like you really have to pay attention. It takes a lot of energy. And so like he committed himself to doing it and like got to the top and he got to the top and there's a vendor up there with t-shirts. And,
5: and, like,
6: and Graham Morrison's like, that guy does that every single day. Like he holds all those shirts up there every day.
2: It is, it's really interesting. Like, it makes me think too, like even at like Chichen Itza, you're in this like massive ball court that's like made to be this like sacred mythological site that is the story of creation. And there's people trying to sell you magnets.
3: Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean I oh, guess imagine. selfishly I just want to go and like be in my own head and like kind of like you know trip out when I go to those places and really just kind of yeah. imagine what it was like and you know and they were really interrupting my mojo. <laughs> but and I, not a I lot, got yeah. really
7: I, I got really lucky um back in I think it was like nineteen eighty nine, I camped near Palenque in Mexico, and that's mm. the that's the ruin with the Eric von Daniken guy. It looks like he's in a spaceship, you yeah. know. Yeah. And um And at that time, uh, this guy at the campground said, you know, you can just walk through the trail, man. You know, you can go at night and just be in Palenque by yourself. And, uh, uh, you know, I I just feel sorry that people can't do that anymore. They have guards there and all that. We just walk through the jungle, and all of a sudden, there are these glowing white ruins that you could just climb on and go inside. There's like a meditation chamber that's, just completely dark and sitting yeah. in the darkness, and so and yeah, you know, it's it it is. It's sad that it, you can't do that. You know, you got to go past the t-shirt guy and hike up and yeah. And, and when I was all the
6: commercials.
2: they're just are tough. tough to get to. But I yeah. think there are still places I've been to. Um, there was a place we had to drive down a fifty-mile dirt road in the middle of the Belize jungle sign in with the Belize army just in case we got kidnapped by Guatemalan drug dealers to go to the biggest, the tallest pyramid in Belize, but it was so worth it. But it also, I mean, it was like, you know, how many flights, how long did it take, you know, the effort, but it also felt like part of the, the pilgrimage, you know, it's like, I'm willing to stand in the line at customs. I'm willing to like, be mm-hmm. on this little yeah. terrible bumpy road because now it's just me and the freaking pumas in the jungle, um, and that's it. Um, yeah. But it is, it, you know. I, I heard that they're paving the road and it's going to be a little bit easier, so tour buses could get there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's something that that feels enjoyable about that because I want more people to enjoy that that experience and that spiritual feeling that you get climbing to the top of a freaking pyramid. But at the same time, there's also the like, I kind of want it to myself.
5: (laughs) Well that was
6: when you were talking about the pyramids, so in 92 is when I went to Cairo and I bribed the guards to let me in. Like my the guy who I gone had gone to Egypt with was like, listen, it's gonna cost you thirty dollars and they're going to give you, you know, I think it was like eight minutes alone or whatever like that. And obviously there were other people waiting who were bribing these guards because it was the middle of the night, you know, they were letting us in. But I'm kind of glad that it was in the early nineties. Cause like all I had really was, you know, I had like my disposable 35 millimeter camera. So I wasn't even thinking about it and I knew it had to be rushed. So it was like, here's your money. And then like up to the grand gallery. And I was tired when I got there and I was like, I wasn't thinking about taking a picture or anything. Like, I just, like, laid down on the floor in the darkness and was like, I'm inside the pyramid. Like, yes. my mind was blown. And then the only real picture that I ever post is the next day, I went to the Pizza Hut that's, like, across the street yeah. from the pyramid. Like, <laughs> took a picture of the pyramids and the Sphinx, but, like, the Pizza Hut logo <laughs> is over them. Like, I'm in there. <laughs> so, so bizarre. And that was in 92, so I can't even imagine what it it's so
2: real. well so to your point it was the it was very similar um we went to the king's chamber on the final night of being in egypt and like literally sat in like the 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 sarcophagus in the king's chamber and had this like you know, and this is after going all the way up the Nile, going to every temple, having every single emotional because you emotionally respond to the lessons that are given to you by the sacred geometry in these places. Like you can, everywhere I went to, I had cats, which was so good because I love cats and I picked them all up. And I'm putting, was,
3: petting my cat right now. Sorry, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: literally. We'll, let's see him. Let's we'll see the
3: cat. Okay.
2: Bring the kitty up.
1: Come here, Bring David Berman.
2: We'll see, also, see, too, all, I think you mentioned all peak,
1: peak internet without a cat.
2: I know there's there's a um, there's a cat cafe in Nashville, kind of near where our hotel is. I'm probably gonna spend time there if anybody wants to Oh
5: cool,
7: yeah. I would go to them.
2: Oh, I love cats. Well so we get out of so we do this like very like initiatory experience and then you crawl like you're like bowing down as you go out of the pyramid and you look out and you're reborn. Like you're literally reborn. And as we're reborn, our guy, the guard tells us, Move along, hurry, go, you have to leave. Whoa, hurry now. So you're like having this like rebirthing spiritual experience, and you're like, Ah, welcome to planet Earth. This is the third dimension. I need to hurry up.
6: Right. (laughs) The thing that blew my mind is being a little kid, obviously, and loving the pyramids and all that stuff. Like, there's in your brain, you're like, I'm going to go to Egypt and I'm going to climb the pyramids. And then I got to Egypt and saw the pyramids, and I was like, Oh, I can't climb the pyramids. Like, yeah. like, like the stones are as tall as I am. You know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, yeah, um,
6: they're big. Like, they, yeah. they're not. You always hear step pyramids, right? And so, in your brain as a little kid, you're like, oh, they must go like steps. Like, I should be able to walk up them. And then the first one is like five and a half feet tall, and you're like, oh no, I'm not. Yeah, I not you know that.
3: I just, I yeah. assumed you could.
6: <laughs> you could climb them. I mean, they'll probably like you. You couldn't now. I'm sure. Ancient yeah.
4: giants yeah. did.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Well you You're can't right.
2: unless you find the right person to give money to. That's yeah, my yep. thought. Yes. Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that we weren't allowed to do until we, you know, tipped the right person.
5: Yes,
6: for sure. They
3: were made for the Nephilim, right, Sirfield?
5: Yep.
4: They just yeah. walked stepped right up and down. Absolutely. <laughs> That's, That's how they got their workouts
6: in. <laughs> Waltz right up there. <laughs> that's Bigfoot had a t-shirt shop at the top. <laughs> I, was
3: quite, I was quite amazed. There's <laughs> no force around it. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be paranormal.
1: Well, guys, I'm really looking forward to the conference. This is going to be, this is going to be great. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I probably will have pulled all the hair out that I, any of the hair that I still have left on the end <laughs> of it, but uh, I think we'll all have a lot of fun. And, um, so, just to kind of recap, guys, just uh, Strange Realities Conference 2022 taking place in Nashville, Tennessee, and online in October 14th through the 16th of 2022. Uh, we have Kiki Dombrowski here. She is speaking a workshop actually from 1 to 2 p.m. that's Central Time. Michael Hughes, 210 to 310. Uh, He's doing another workshop that is uh, also Central Time. Steve Berg, 3.20 to 4.20 with a 10-minute break after. And uh, 8.50 to 9.50, Mr. John Tenney uh, concludes the uh, Saturday night. But uh, the festivities will probably continue all along into the morning because I'm sure with – I'm sure with with Benal, it's going to be you know go on go on for at least till six or seven o'clock.
6: <laughs> so, he's, just wake, he's just waking up around then.
1: <laughs> well, actually, actually, I should say Tim is going to go first. Um, it, it, it it revolves around two Tims. It's basically like uh, the way we've done it the last few years, or the last year we did it. We're doing it the same. Tim Benal starts on on Friday night and timothy renner stop uh ends it on sunday so it's it's between two tims as we like to say it
3: in in terms of the workshops do you you, do i need to like or do 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 people need to sign up prior to reserve a spot
1: it's going to be all part of the same yeah so anybody that's there watching can participate in the workshop there's no special
4: vip pass or anything okay
1: well i definitely (laughs) want to go so yeah. You're it, there, dude.
3: Yeah. Nice. If you're
1: there, you're in the workshops.
4: I'm
3: so excited for you guys' workshops. It's going to be so fun. I have a lot to learn. This is like new stuff for me, too. I can't wait.
1: Excellent.
2: Same. Same. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Big have time. Rituals. I'm so excited.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little niche, but yeah. I can't wait to share it.
1: Well, let's, let's go down the list. John Tenney, where can people find you? Uh,
6: all my social media is my name, John E.L. Tenney. Or if that's too much work, go to Google and type. Tenny, weirdo, and then just follow. <laughs> link. Lovely. I'm doing that just because. <laughs>
1: and Michael Hughes. Michael M. Hughes everywhere. So just look for that. All right. And uh, you still have your author page up, I assume, as well? Yeah. It all It all just funnels through my name. <laughs> Easiest okay. way to
3: do it. Yep.
1: And Mr. Steve Berg.
3: Yep, my social media stuff is Bergmaster Five Thousand. Okay. Yeah,
1: and uh, you can if if you guys got time, go rent uh, the, uh, the the uh, Skinwalker Ranch movie.
3: Oh man, oh, better. <laughs> don't do it. Is that what you said? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want, to, I mean, there's a better ways to spend your money, probably. <laughs> rent one of my other fine films, I bet. <laughs> Not my proudest moment.
1: And uh, although we did, Steve, have an idea for what happened to your character, we do have an idea for a sequel. Yeah,
3: I think the the sequel will be amazing, the spinoff.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Kiki, where can people find you?
2: Uh, KikiDombrowski.com, but Dombrowski's a long one. So you could try Kiki Tarot in Google, and I usually pop up at the top. And you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active pitifully because I'm not very active on social media. Kiki D three, three, three.
5: And
1: there's a new interview of you up on, uh, online right now too. We should mention Ooh. that.
2: Yes, there is. And I will post it on my Twitter. Um, that was a really, really lovely interview. I've really enjoyed doing that. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll post that and share that with, with folks on Twitter and, um, I'm on Facebook too, but I just, um, I'm not as active. Yeah. So I'll post it there too. It's
1: so finally there. <laughs> All right, guys. And we are Conspiranormal. If you don't know us by now, I don't know how you want it, but uh, we still doing the Patreon stuff. I've got uh, a good Patreon uh, segment, couple of Patreon segments coming up with Joshua Cutchin on the way back from Paramania, where we talk about it. So if you nice. guys want to check that out, we call it Car Spirit Normal. <laughs> so, and Surfy, I can tell you where to find that.
4: You can find that at patreon.com slash conspira All
1: right, guys. I want to thank you so much. Uh, we, are, we are 30 days and counting to the Strange Realities Conference. Come Ooh, join us in Nashville. The fourth annual hybrid. It, yeah, come join us in Nashville in a month and we will talk to you soon. Uh, join us next week. We're going to have more speakers from the Strange Realities Conference coming at you. Talk soon, guys.
5: See ya.